With the first pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray, quarterback, Oklahoma. Well, we're thankful that somebody got it right in the draft last night. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you Friday afternoon for the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Arizona did what they needed to, made the obvious choice. Oakland, the New York football giants, few others did not. Uh, I'm at a little bit of a loss for words still, and I've been pondering this. It's been at the forefront of my mind for about 12 hours or so now, and I still can't get it out of my head. I can't figure out what is going on. I, I want to start off with how do you feel if you're Josh Rosen? Mm, not too good. You know, a team invests in you mm-hmm. and then dumps you after one year. Yep. <laughs> it's like you think, okay, maybe I got a chance to establish myself. Mm-hmm. Nope, we're going to draft a quarterback, number one overall, and basically throw you <laughs> completely aside. Now I got to take my hot tub and move it to some other city, which, by the way, sounds like it's going to happen. It sounds like Miami is in the market for Rosen. There is a deal that is potentially being put in place. We don't know that it necessarily is yet, but we'll keep monitoring that. But right now, the rumor has it that Miami is willing to trade the 48th overall pick for Josh Rosen to be their next quarterback. I always love it when you when you look at the draft and you say, like, the 48th overall pick. Mm. And, you know, it's like, ouch, <laughs> a little bit. It's like, okay, I can go to, you know, a new place. But mm. it's like, meh. I mean, I, I'm getting the 40, you know, it just, it, it wasn't a good day for him. And no. you know what? I hope if he goes to Miami, he completely lights up Arizona whenever he plays him because that's such a jerk move. Mm-hmm. I mean, why if, if you really didn't have that much faith in the guy, then why would you draft him in the first place? To be, I, I think getting Kyler Murray was the right move, but I wouldn't have drafted Rosen up there in the first place. Yeah. I've never really liked him. I've and, just never been high yeah, on Rosen. You know, it's just like... I mean, if you want to get Murray, fine. I mean, I understand it, but it's just like, why would you draft a quarterback the year before mm-hmm. and then see that he's not going to be like a star right away? He's going to be a little bit of a project and then completely not invest in the project. <laughs> the year. I mean, it's just, but it shows how inept Arizona is really overall. Although things might change with Cliff Klingsbury. I'm thinking the Giants might be taking up the Arizona oh, model just, next year more than the Kansas City model. The idea is you want to do what Kansas City did with Patrick Mahomes, and you want to draft a guy and put him behind your veteran for a year and then put him into the starting role. I'm starting to think New York is going to be going with the Arizona model and draft two quarterbacks in the first round next year. Two quarterbacks top ten probably next year. Probably. Yeah. you know, But it's just, you know, the Giants used to be one of the most stable franchises mm-hmm. they had a long history they didn't necessarily draft stupid and now they're like okay we're gonna diss our famous quarterback and then now we're gonna make a bunch of stupid draft picks and it just i don't see and the guy from duke mm-hmm. really the thing is i don't hate that draft pick but he there's other guys there at 17 yeah i there, mean you he, don't need to take him went in way too high yeah <laughs> and if if you know, it just, I don't understand drafting someone higher when you can get them later. It's right. Just, it seems like a waste of a pick. And there were other guys there mm-hmm. that, Josh you know, Allen. Yeah, he was there. You could have gotten, you know, there's. Uh, <clears throat> the thing is, I mean, I, I don't hate any of the draft picks. I don't hate Jones, Allen, or Baker, just, who they got number 30. Uh, excuse me, not Allen. Uh, 
the guy out of Clemson, Dexter Lawrence. I don't hate any of those draft picks. What I do hate from a Giants perspective is that they had three first-round picks, and the worst part of their team, the offensive line, is unchanged. They did nothing to bolster it. You have a big glaring flaw, Mm. and you don't do anything to fix it. Right. (laughs) Right. They got three talented players, I think, but... They didn't do anything about the weakest part of their team. Yeah, it's 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 weird. You have some teams will go into the draft and know, okay, we'll draft smart and be like, we got to fix this problem. I'm gonna, this is what we need to do to do it. And some people go in and just be like, you know what? I'm just gonna get whoever I want <laughs> and just hope the problem fixes itself or something like that. Which is the Giants' philosophy, mm. which uh, you know was the Lions' stretch where they kept driving wide receivers over and over and over again. Um, now I understand not passing on Calvin Johnson because he was a once in a you know right. generation talent, but it's just when you have a need that needs to be addressed and you don't do it, it just makes you look like you're unstable and you don't know what you're doing. Dave Gettleman has become the laughing stock of NFL GMs. Although there are a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, but there's some people who say that the draft went as well as Dave Gettleman could have wanted it to because despite the public perception of the players he did draft, he got all the guys he wanted. You know, He got the top quarterback available to him, uh, the guy that he wanted. There wasn't a defensive back taken until late in the first round. He got the top defensive back he wanted with Baker, and then he got a really good defensive lineman in Dexter Lawrence. All the same, man, I... I just can't see the Giants as having won this draft. No. I, when you don't get the thing done that you need to get done, it just it looks like you you made a lot of flawed picks. I mean, they're good guys. I just, <clears throat> the Duke guy, I mean, Haskins is there. <laughs> you could have gotten him. And I just, I don't know. Uh, and then you got the Raiders who are continuing. They weren't to just, much better. <laughs> who apparently... Are notorious, especially during the Al Davis days, for making stupid picks, and now they're just going to continue that tradition because why change? I feel like Gruden hired Mike Mayock just so he could boss him around, like yeah. for no other reason than that. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> he's not listening to Mayock. He didn't care about his input. No, it's I, I get who I want, not <laughs> who this guy wants. It's just, I mean, I don't, I don't understand their picks either. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, which one stands out to you the most? Oh, boy. I mean, there's a lot to like about Farrell, but at number four? No. He would have been there later. Over the other two Crumson players? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It was a good night for Dabo Sweeney, or it turned out to be a good good night to a good day for him with his contract. Can you believe that? Ten-year contract extension, $93 million for Dabo Sweeney. Coaches are a tad overpaid. Oh, man. Just a little bit. And players still aren't players. And players players aren't getting paid. Yeah, and that's something that we can address somewhere else in the segment. (laughs) But that really bothers me, too, is that you can throw a bunch of money at a a coach, but the players don't get anything out of it. How about the Packers and Lions, the night they had last night? Packers, uh, they got a couple of players. They go defensive back with Darnell Savage. And earlier in the night, they take Rashawn Gary at number 12 overall. So a local kid stays fairly local. TJ Hawkinson is going to Detroit. What do you think about both those teams' nights? I Detroit made a smart pick. It's funny that they brought up Eric Ebron. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was considering how much fans despised Eric Ebron. And then he's actually had a pretty good year with the Colts. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, maybe he just didn't fit in Detroit. He, you know, needed to go somewhere else. But uh, I, I was okay with it. Um, 
he was, you know, probably the best tight end available. Mm. And if you needed, and you know, you got block, that guy. Block, he can catch. Yeah, can block, tall, he can catch. Zachy Award winner. <clears throat> yeah, he's he's got all the things you need to be a good tight end. So it was a smart pick by them. I don't know. With the Packers, <clears throat> getting a guy that early who, you know, maybe had some mixed feelings on it. I thought maybe... He's a guy that should have probably played better in college. Right, than he did he? he should have been. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's just like that's the glaring thing for me is that he didn't live up to his potential, and I don't know what made the Packers think now he's going to do that for us when he didn't do that at the college level, which mm-hmm. would be like the easier thing to do than doing it at the pros. It just I don't know. I wasn't happy with that pick, and then. The Lady Jeff, I'm I'm an okay with that one. Yeah. I mean, it worked out with them. I think he's going to be a good fit. The pa- <laughs> the Packers have so many flaws yeah. <laughs> on defense, and that was something that could be addressed. But mm-hmm. I- I'm not happy with what. I mean, I'm not a Packers fan, so I mean, if they make a flawed pick, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay with it. But from a standpoint of just. I wouldn't have gone with him. We asked our listeners on Twitter who had a good night in the first round of the draft between the Packers and the Lions. So which of our local teams had good nights at the draft? The most popular answer, which surprised me, 40% of our listening audience said neither. The Packers or Lions had a good night last night. Maybe that's just pessimism. Well, I think that. I think Packers fans are frustrated. They know that. They're still a year or two away yeah. even with Rodgers with being successful. And Lions fans are just used to their team <laughs> not making smart draft picks. But it just – they weren't great. Mm-hmm. But I think it also is that they didn't necessarily get any star power. They didn't get, like, the big names out of the draft. That And if you don't get that, fans are going to be like, oh, okay. You know, it's just there wasn't anything earth-shattering from uh, either teams. I didn't think their pick – their first pick was a smart one, but it's – um. Well, as I'll point out in my column, I'm going to analyze the draft this weekend. I love it. They pointed this out in the Packer bar. You know, they do that live shot of fans' reaction. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, like 10 people in there. (laughs) And And when they announced it, they're like, Oh, yeah, this very subdued reaction. So I think that kind of sums up Packers fans' feelings about how the draft went. They had 40% of the audience said neither of them had a good night, but 33% thought the Packers had a good night. 15% said they both had a good night. Only 12% thought the Lions had a good first round. I mean, if you're not happy with TJ Hawkinson, what are you going to do? They picked the best player available at that position in the draft, and uh, it was a position they needed. If you're not happy with Hawkinson, who are you going to be happy with? And I'm not being an Iowa homer when I say that. I mean, he's a legitimately good talent. Yeah, they got the best guy available. They need to fill in a need, and they did it. I think, like I said, I think Lions fans are just used to their team not being smart in the draft, and they're kind of maybe assuming that this guy isn't going to pan out in the NFL and it's just going to be the same old story. So, But I think they made a smart pick, and uh, it's interesting with the second round. On a side note, do you really think that this many rounds need to be televised at the level that the first round was? As long as it makes money. Yeah, because, <laughs> I mean, like, how many people, I know a lot of people tune in the first round, but are that many people going to tune into the second round? I will probably tonight. I probably won't tomorrow. Like at the le- to like, like at the level that they're thinking that they might get. It just I don't know. I I pay attention to the first round because it's kind of my job to do that. But it's just after that, it's like I'll keep track of what the Packers did and the Lions did and the Vikings did. But it's just like 
you'd start not to care at that point. <laughs> and, and I can't imagine that many fans are going to be diligently following the draft tonight and the next few nights. I would think if you want to have your bachelorette party in Nashville oh, tonight that was, that would be the a, night. Wasn't that great? Oh, man. My so, mom sent me that email today. She said, look at this. And then I heard Sarah Spain talking about it on the radio, and I thought – Wow. And then this, did you see like the videos and everything that went with it? And one of the friends, I mean, they sound totally ditzy, was like, you know, you only get married once, but the draft happens like, and she couldn't think of it. And her friend's like, every year? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and then she's like, yeah, the worst thing it, for my fiance is going to be, I'm not allowing football in her house anymore. And like, oh, poor, well. poor guy. Guy needs to rethink some things now. <laughs> if, if someone says that in an actual interview, you might want to rethink some stuff. But he, you know, <clears throat> you knew it was heavily advertised in Nashville. It's all over the place that the draft is going to be. Good, How would yeah. you not know? Why would you think that this, if you don't that's like That's on the football, maid of honor. Yeah, that's on, that's on your maid of honor. That's on your bridesmaids. It's a little on you, too. <laughs> you know, because most most people know and expect what their bachelor party or bachelorette party is going to be. There might be some surprises thrown in there, but you have a general idea of what's going to happen. And in Nashville, isn't it like the same stuff? Mm-hmm. Like they all go to the bars, the famous bars. They go downtown, maybe try to catch a concert, that kind of thing. And it just, I don't know. I laughed when I saw that because that's all on their mistake. It's officially a record from last night. 14 front seven players were taken in the first round. That That is an NFL record. Isn't that interesting? I wouldn't have thought that would be the record. Yeah, I really heavily on the line. (laughs) You know, just (laughs) I... I mean, there's a lot of good guys there, but, you know, you you expect if there's going to be... You you wouldn't expect this would be the year to do that. And uh, there were some guys who deserved to go that high, and there's some that maybe didn't need to go that high. I still laugh at the Alabama pick, the mm. O-lineman, and how people were really high on him. And then it, people showed that clip of him just getting shoved completely backward <laughs> in the Clemson game. It's like, did nobody else notice those clips when they were drafting that guy? It's like, hmm, playing a two elite, some elite defensive players and getting thrown around? I don't know. Uh, I tell you what, early picks maybe for the top overall pick in the second round, I think, Byron Murphy, uh, corner yeah. out of Washington, is probably the highest. But on a side note, how about uh, Washington kicking up some good secondary guys, good cornerbacks the yeah. last couple of years? Yeah, yeah, and then you know you go to the NFL side of that, Washington Redskins. I thought they actually had a really good night last night. They Strangely, didn't panic. they didn't panic. The Redskins, another team that doesn't draft well. No, and tends but last to, night they did. Yeah, maybe Daniel Snyder should be in charge of the draft because <laughs> they was did real, He was really excited. He, yeah. he thought this is the one with the answers and. He just tends to throw money on aging veterans and uh, making not smart draft picks. But but he he waited, and the guy that they wanted fell to him at 15. Then they got Montez Sweat late in the first round, too. He did okay. It was a good first round. You wouldn't expect that from the Redskins. No. uh, Maybe it's a sign that things are turning around. I wouldn't bet on that because they have a terrible history, but... Who knows? Maybe they'll have a better year. Can we all marvel, and no one's talking about this enough, at how two years in a row now the seventh overall pick has been named Josh Allen? Huh. Last year, Josh the quarterback Allen. out of Wyoming, and this year, the defensive end out of Kentucky. <sighs> Kentucky. <laughs> you wouldn't have think, I mean, look how Kentucky's come around, you mm-hmm. know? It's like basketball school becomes somewhat decent football pro- <laughs> Kind of weird how that happened. You want a really mind-blowing stat. Last night, for the first time in the history of the NFL draft, 
a Duke and Kentucky athlete were taken back-to-back in the first round. That's never happened in the NBA draft. As good of basketball schools as they are, Duke and Kentucky have never gone back-to-back in the NBA draft. Last night they did the NFL draft for the first time ever with Daniel Jones at number six, Josh Allen at number seven. You know, can you imagine that being the reverse? Mm-hmm. You know, having two football schools, having guys in the NBA draft going, <laughs> going Alabama, that yeah. Clemson. Yeah, that kind of a thing. Can you imagine that happening? Probably not. <laughs> uh, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. We owe you a timeout. When we come back, breaking news earlier this hour about Tyreek Hill. We get into that next in the Sports Pan on ESPN-UP. The Overland Park Police Department and the Department of Children and Families DCF have submitted the results of their investigation involving Tyreek Hill and Crystal Espinal's child for consideration of charges. This office has reviewed all the evidence compiled by these agencies and has declined to file charges against Tyreek Hill and Crystal Espinal. We are deeply troubled by this situation and are concerned about the health and welfare of the child in question. We believe that a crime has occurred. Well, you should wait and get the facts. First thing you should do is say, I mean, you know, they don't have any information that they're willing to share with us. And when you get the facts, then you make a decision about how it fits in our personal conduct policy. But uh, you don't rush to judgment and you don't make a decision without having those facts. The two worst things you can do in life are abuse a child and abuse a woman. This guy, would he would never have played for me in the first place. He would have been off my draft board for the garbage he pulled when he was in college. And this makes me sick. I mean, you didn't see him bat an eye when his, when his fiance said, you know what you do, you make him open his arms, you punch him in the chest. I'd like to punch that jag off in the chest right now, or worse, for what's going on. I can't tell you how upset that makes me. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg in studio with you. We are in the office, working men despite the holiday. Kind of rude we have to come in, work on Arbor Day, National Pretzel Day. Oh, those are real holidays today. Well, Arbor Day has been around for a while. So <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it should be That should be a poll question. Did you know it was Arbor Day? Arbor Day yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because apparently back like when it was established, that was like a really big deal. Yeah. People knew what Arbor Day is. Now it's like, oh, yeah, it's still around. The Pretzel uh, Day, I didn't know. But... Uh, we could be out planting trees right now, or enjoying trees. Or enjoying a pretzel. Or enjoying a pretzel while enjoying the trees. Here's the best one, my favorite holiday that we're celebrating today, National Hugging Australian Day. If only there was one up here. We could be out hugging Ben Simmons, go track him Good. down and give him a hug. I wonder where Luke Longley is right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you know any Australians? If you do, give them a hug. Today, yeah, I'm not even yeah. kidding. Today is National Hugging Australian Day. Okay. So that's, uh, that's what we're celebrating. While eating a pretzel. While eating the pretzel, so, planting a tree. tree. <laughs> <laughs> Doing all those things. You have, you have accomplished a lot. Today. I think it might be Richter Scale Day today, too. Really? Or some, yeah. So, like, do an earthquake kind of drill or something like that? I guess. So combine all four of those. Find an Australian person to hug, you know, plant a tree, eat a pretzel, and simulate an earthquake drill by, like, diving into a doorway or something. Do you have earthquakes in Michigan? Does Michigan get earthquakes? I don't think I so. Don't Do they? I don't remember. Maybe, like, there's, I don't know, my Michigan, you know, <laughs> history that well. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, maybe there's been in the past, but it's not a common occurrence. Um so there you go. Four things you could do today. Well, I tell you what, last night I was waiting for the first rounder, 
that would get his old tweets resurfaced the, from like 2012. I was just waiting for somebody to dig up something stupid this kid said in high school, and we didn't have any of that. You know, they kind of did that to Nick Bosa before the draft, kind of leading up to it. Unfortunately, we did have the Tyreek Hill news to deal with because the audio tape was released by a Kansas City news station yesterday about him and his fiance. Uh, discussing Tyreek Hill physically abusing their three-year-old son. And it, it was really disturbing audio. And uh, this came after the uh, county police decided not to press charges because of lack of evidence. And as you heard him say before the break, they do believe a crime occurred. They just don't have the evidence to charge him. Now, with this tape being released, they announced in the last hour they are going to reopen the criminal investigation against Tyreek Hill. The Chiefs have suspended him from all football activities. Still not enough. I mean, they need to release him. Even if the Browns are just going to pick him up, they need to get rid of him. What does that say about the Browns? I know. (laughs) I know the Browns' new receiver is just waiting out there for... uh, And then Roger Goodell. I mean, you heard him before the breaks. You know, you need to get all the facts and everything. And Normally, I'd say you shouldn't rush to judgment. That's true. But the way Roger Goodell has handled domestic violence, punish, or anything, (laughs) yeah, in the past... Uh, makes me think. Come on, dude. You gotta, you gotta take action on <laughs> it, this. It seems like if something serious happens, he's like not aware of it. No, like it's a surprise to him because he chooses not <laughs> yeah, to be aware of it. He yeah. turns a blind eye. Yeah, to and it. when he finally is aware of it, then he plays the well. I gotta think about it, <laughs> and it's like everything's right there mm-hmm. for you. You don't have to put like a whole lot of thought into it. And uh, I'm glad they're reopening it. Um, I'm glad it got released. Uh, he's basically comes off as a complete jerk who abuses children, yeah. and at the very least, verbally abuses his fiance. Yeah. You know, I you know he needs to be released and uh, maybe get the Ray Rice treatment, and mm. kicked out of the league. You know, cause, yeah. Well, I mean, like it goes back to you know I can't stand Adrian Peterson, which is funny because I used to love the guy as mm-hmm. a kid, but what he did to his kid bothers me immensely and then you got this and you know i worked with kids for years i was a teacher and abusing kids really 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 bothers me. oh yeah so uh mm-hmm. yeah he needs so, to go. yeah i just i want the chiefs to take action and just release him they did the right thing with kareem hunt i want to see them do it again with Tariq hill you know and, and i get you know there's a fine line between where do you give guys second chances what have you Tyreek Hill's had chances. I mean, we knew what he was when he was still in college and everything. This should not surprise a lot of people or anybody who knows about his history. Yeah, and uh, it it goes back to the whole he's a good football player, so I'll overlook a lot of stuff. And, uh, you know, you can make that case in the draft, too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, well, I mean, that one guy, I'm I'm blanking on his name, in the draft to, uh, you know, beat up that one woman <laughs> you know and there's video of it it's like you know some teams was the titans who picked him up well there's a great image oh boy <laughs> you know you're the host team and mm-hmm. you're okay with a guy who assaulted a woman in public it's like it it's, goes back to the whole well he can play football well mm-hmm. so i'm okay with him being a horrible person as long as you're a good athlete you can contribute on the field yeah. there will always be a spot for you no matter what your faults are uh, that's yeah. the way the nfl is right now uh, how the nfl is you can make the case in other you know leagues too but the nfl is the most glaring at it right. they're okay with that kind of thing mm-hmm. so it's pretty disgusting i it's tough to see it's been a tough off season for kansas city in that regard uh Kareem Hunt and everything that's happened with him, certainly. And then uh, I feel bad because Patrick Mahomes 
yeah, man, he looked like he was going to be a Hall of Famer. And then Madden announced they were going to make him the cover boy for this year's video game. So oh. the Madden curse is going to take away his so, Hall of Fame so career. So he's going to get injured in like week two or Probably. something like that? End of the year. Patrick Mahomes is going to be the cover boy for Madden 20. It was announced yesterday. You know what's kind of cool about this game, and it's something that a lot of people are overlooking with uh, the news about Patrick Mahomes gracing the cover, is that you're actually going to be able to play with NCAA teams in this video game. I like that. They've, they've got 10 teams that you're licensed to play with. None of the athletes are going to reflect any real-life player. You know, they're still not to that point yet, but... You know, it's kind of a throwback to NCAA 14, and we all love that I game. I love that we, game. Exactly. Everyone hated it when that video game was discontinued. So in Madden 20, you're going to get to play with 10 colleges, USC, Texas, Texas Tech, Oregon, Oklahoma, Clemson, Florida State, Florida, LSU, and Miami. You're going to get to play with those schools. Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Okay. But <laughs> none of the players will reflect anyone from real life for I, copyright issues. Yeah. But uh, kudos to those. You're, they're okay with that, yeah. you know. And I think you can bring back NCAA football. Mm-hmm. You just can't have them resemble the players that are currently on right. the roster. And I wish they do that. I do too. It was a popular game. A lot of people loved it. And all you had to do is just fix that problem, and you can bring it back. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see it happen because those games were fun. But I'm glad they're at least taking a step in the right direction, a baby step. Yeah. Some pretty good schools, football schools that are on that list. You said Texas Tech, maybe it's a little surprising, but yeah. uh, all the no, other ones are blue bloods that people, you know, there's a rabid fan base, that kind of a thing. No Alabama on that list kind of surprised me. Maybe they just weren't interested. Yeah, yeah. could be. I mean, if if you reach out to them mm-hmm. and they say no, I mean, yeah. <laughs> maybe they're, maybe Saban wasn't <laughs> happy with it or something. I don't know. But uh, uh, the man curse thing, it's like, when you get that honor, can you decline it? I, I don't like, know. I feel like at this point you should just find like Hall of Famers, you know, like they did that one year with Barry Sanders, yeah. and just find guys who have retired and moved on <laughs> and have no risk of <laughs> having a football-related injury and just can, you know, put those kind of guys on the cover. Remember that one year where they did the fan vote and Peyton Hillis? Peyton Hillis, Hillis in 2012. <laughs> <of> the Browns <laughs> ended up being that. Due to this, like, bizarre fan campaign that they wanted a guy from the Browns to be on it's the like cover. John Scott in the All-Star game. Yeah. The NHL All-Star game. Although for, although for him, he actually had a fun All-Star he had a, game. He won MVP <laughs> that yeah. year, so it, it, actually, it was kind of deserved. It, it was a joke, and he wasn't happy about first, but he decided to partake. <laughs> he had a great day, and it was a great story for the league. But Peyton Hillis just looked like a disaster. He had one good year, <laughs> and, and it wasn't even that outstanding of a year. No. I mean, he was like a you're like the second running back that you have on your fantasy team, not your star, the mm-hmm. other guy who will get you points, and that was that guy. And he had that one year, and then somehow that made him deserve a Madden cover. Uh, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you once again. The second, third rounds of the draft tonight. We'll have the ESPN broadcast here on ESPN-UP. Coverage begins at 6 Eastern with the draft opening at 7 also tonight, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., the odds-on favorite to be the American League Rookie of the Year. He's a month late to the party, but he's going to make his debut tonight at o- against Oakland at home. So what does he do? Does he go yard or does he whiff? I hope he doesn't go like 0 for 4 and yeah. just let everybody down. Because it's like, I feel like with a lot of guys who are called up, there's mm-hmm. like a lot of hype of it. They're either going to have a spectacular first game performance or they're going to go the exact opposite <laughs> and have a bad night. And, you know, it, that's what the weird storyline is. Byron Buxton? Up. Yeah. 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 Just not reach their potential in that first game. Although he's so getting much there. He's getting there, but like. 
when there's so much hype about you and you don't mm-hmm. live up to it right away, it's like that's going to – the luster on you is going to wear off. I think he's going to be fine. I mm-hmm. don't think he's going to like go like four for four or right. that kind of stuff. But I think he's going to have a good game. And uh, I'm surprised it took them that long to bring him up. I mean, he, he could have been called up at the start of the year, but <sighs> Toronto. <laughs> Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. We owe you another timeout. When we come back, we switch our attention to the NHL and NBA playoffs. Spurs force a game seven, and the puck drops on round two. The Stanley Cup playoffs last night. We recap it next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at four on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad that you're with us. Here is your Sports Center update. Boston Celtics legend John Havlicek passed away last night at the age of 79. Havlicek won eight NBA titles in 16 seasons with Boston. The Dickey Broadcasting Corporation has filed a lawsuit against the Alliance of American Football and the Atlanta Legends. They are seeking $16,000 in reparations for their role as the flagship home of Legends football on the radio. And finally, you know about eating challenges, right? Yeah. Things like you sit down, you see if you can eat a certain amount and, a, you know, whatever amount of time. And if you do, you get it free or you get a prize. Well, a Colorado bodybuilder known for his success in conquering these eating challenges has another one. Brian Shaw, the four-time winner of the World's Strongest Man competition, walked into his local Taco Bell in Brighton, Colorado, ordered everything on the menu, and he ate it all in one sitting. It cost $120.03. I actually thought it'd be more to order everything on Taco Bell's menu. And it totaled 20,000 calories. So he uh, has another one. He's good at this, apparently. He, his other eating challenge resume uh, victories, he had a 14,000-calorie uh, Chick-fil-A challenge. He did the 10,000-calorie pizza eating challenge. And the all-day 25,000-calorie binge buffet of Wendy's, Krispy Kreme, and Ben and & Jerry's. Wow. It's like every 8-year-old's dream. I would say every, like, teenager's dream. Oh, almost. man. It's like... Could you imagine? I mean, I mean I, I, and apparently he, can, he does this regularly, and he can do it because he's 6'8", 4'15". And I read in an article, he eats 6 pounds of steak per day. So it's like he trains for this, kind of. Six pounds of steak. Of steak alone per day. Wow. Uh, dude has to have like an industrial toilet. <laughs> my gosh. Probably spends about a fourth of his life in the bathroom. <laughs> a fourth of Jeez. his life. Oh, man. I tell you, it's, you know, I, I love eating challenges, but I like sensible eating challenges. <laughs> you know, like remember the man versus food show? Right. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I had friends who actually tried to do some challenges that were in Indianapolis when I was there, and it's like, you know, if you can eat, like, four burgers on a sitting, okay, that's kind of fun. Yeah. But, like, this guy, it looks like he's just needs a cry for help. <laughs> <laughs> like, he has a, like, he has a problem yeah. almost. Like, and people are just kind of blind to it because he eats so well. Um, he did say the Taco Bell challenge was the worst one that he's ever done. Well. I can believe it. Well. I love Taco Bell. Oh, I do too. Like, it's like, I just don't love the after effects. Yeah, it's like you don't necessarily feel be- well after gorging yourself right. on Taco Bell. And uh, 
On a side note, I love this quote about the draft. I'm going to share this before yeah. we move on. Someone on Twitter said, the Lions hit an 8-iron when they probably should have hit a 6-iron, and the Giants grabbed a putter, whacked their caddy in the kneecap, <laughs> swallowed the ball, and then <laughs> let the drink cart on fire. <laughs> I thought that was the perfect way to, uh, um, to sum up the Giants. Gentlemen! <laughs> Oh. oh my gosh! Uh, other news that's somewhat positive: uh, Dwayne Wade has a future in the broadcast industry. He is being courted by both ESPN and TNT, with potentially ABC getting him as an analyst for next yeah. year. I hope he does well. Because do there's too. a lot of guys who retire and you know land broadcasting deals mm-hmm. and aren't very good no. at it. Jason Witten, yeah. <laughs> you know, but. You know, he looks like he could do it. You know, mm-hmm. some athletes are very knowledgeable. Tony Romo, who knows what he's doing and can not only analyze the game, but he can express it, you mm-hmm. know, efficiently. I'm hoping he does it well. I don't want him to be like a guy who got a job that he probably didn't deserve. And uh, he takes advantage of it. Hope he does it. Tell you what, uh, man, I can't get that eating challenge out of it. If you had to do an <laughs> eating challenge, which restaurant would you pick? Like around here, or would you like Anywhere. just in general? Anywhere. If you had to eat their entire menu, whatever, in like a in one sitting, I couldn't do it. <laughs> first of all, but I guess um uh, something reasonable, like what you could do. Like you know, I don't know. It depends what restaurant you do. If I want to make a, I could probably tackle the Aubrey's buffet. Okay, if yeah. I did that. All right. Know. So you've got to eat like. Two full buffets in an hour, something like that. Okay. I don't know about an hour. I could probably do it in two. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, I, I'd go that route. I'm more of a buffet person because mm-hmm. it's like you can get as much as you want mm-hmm. and, like, pace yourself a little more instead of, like, just grabbing a bunch of McDonald's and just going <laughs> to town on it because you're going to regret it later. It's like at least with the buffet – and, like, if you can select, like – you know, sometimes you can request in a buffet that they bring out something, and you mm-hmm. can do that at Aubrey's. So maybe if uh, if I got to pick the flavors I want, like let's say they brought out the buffet and I did all that, but I got to pick what I want, mm-hmm. it'd be a lot easier. You know, so if I had to pick, I would. And there's a certain sandwich shop where I probably go to way too much in town. I don't think I can say it because of sponsorship stuff, what have you. But uh, I've been. Treat myself this week because our production engineer, Jim, is in Germany, and I've been doing his job, too, so I'm tired, and decided to go a little extra on my ham sandwiches. So I feel like I could have a bunch of ham sandwiches, like sitting that one sitting, and like, like I go into this certain sandwich restaurant on Washington Street. You know which one I'm talking about, and I order the same thing every time. They know who I am. We talk about sports and uh you know, it's just basically get the sportsman a sandwich when I walk in. It's probably a. There are worse restaurants where they could know what your order is going to be when you walk in. Are you? Can you like make it a play on words for the restaurant? Like do like a, you know, it's not this name. It's rhymes with <laughs> or something like I that. I could. Yeah, you know, because technically you haven't divulged it. You're make you're doing a play on words. You so. mean like Family Guy where they want to go get a. Nuggets from McDaniels, McDaniels or, a, or a Whopper from Burger Or a Bopper. Bopper, that's it. Because <laughs> you can't say the brands on the air, so you got to get around it. We all know what they're talking about. <laughs> uh, we have wasted a bunch of time yeah, on this but, nonsense. But, hey, it's Friday. It's you know, Friday. We have a segment at the end that's devoted to funny stuff. I know. So we are ready to get the weekend going. I need it. Uh, 
shoot. Uh, it's starting to get a little cold out there, so hopefully Again. we can bundle up. Yeah, it's, but there was the NBA. There was, you know, there's the NHL. Exactly. So. We've got a good one tonight with Game Six between the Clippers and Warriors. Usually, I'd say that the Warriors are going to bounce back anytime they seem to bounce back from a loss in the playoffs. They do so with like a thirty point win. I want to say that's what's going to happen tonight, but I feel like the Clippers will have a little extra edge with it being an elimination game. I don't think they'll win, but I don't think they'll get killed. Yeah, the Warriors are probably going to finish it off tonight. But I think it's only going to be like a 15-point win, not a 30- or a Mm. 40-point thing. Um, Just because I think the Clippers have a little fire right now, Mm. and I think they'll be able to compete. But uh, Golden State's just too good. and They'll move on, and we'll see what happens from there. Spurs force a Game 7. It looked like that Malone, Jokic, and those guys had them figured out early on after Game 5 at least, and then San Antonio does what they do. Well coached, they're a veteran team that's been there before. Uh, Nuggets don't have a lot of playoff experience. I tell you what, no one, it's, it's lost in the story of how last night's game went that Jokic had maybe his best game of the season, and it got wasted by Denver. It, uh, is that like the this, this series that has kind of been the most intriguing in a way because every, every, all these other ones have been like sweeps, mm-hmm. they're easy things, but this one has been competitive. It's kind of like San Antonio's been kind of trending downward. They're mm-hmm. not the dynasty kind of team they were. And then you got Denver who's on the rise. I mean, it, it's, it's an intriguing It series. wants to be intriguing because it's the only one that's going to game seven, at least right now, unless the Clippers win tonight. But no one really expected much out of these two teams in the big picture. So I don't know that we're... You know, paying as much attention to it as we should, we're kind of looking at it as you know a side. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see. They'll move on and then get bounced in the right. Second round exactly. Kind of thing. Exactly. But I find it fun just because it's actually going that far, mm-hmm. and you know, it's two teams that maybe are kind of trending in different directions. But you know, does San Antonio still have slight less, a little more left in the tank, or is Denver like the team that? People are thinking they could be, you know. It's, it's kind of a fun thing. This is the first time we've had you on since the second round of the Stanley Cup playoff field has been determined. No division champions. Instead, four wild card teams move on. They make up the field of eight remaining. So no division winners, no conference champions, no defending Stanley Cup champion, no President's Trophy champion, no Crosby, no Ovechkin, no Kane, no McDavid. What does the national hockey media find to talk about? I mean, where, where's the storyline? Well, there, there's a lot of storylines. It's just, I'm, I'm sure the guys who are in charge of the ratings are panicking right now. Right. <laughs> you know, but, uh, I, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things. You've got teams that maybe, it, it, what's fun is that it's not the same teams mm-hmm. this year. It's all teams that were scrappy enough to pull upsets, and, you know, maybe this is their year. You have the Hurricanes, the bunch of jerks who are yeah. just entertaining even though they made Alex Klein really sad <laughs> in Game 7. But uh, they're, f- um, they're fun. I'm kind of pulling for them. You have Dallas-St. Louis last night. That was a good um, one. Uh, Dallas, who upset the Predators, you know, maybe he's flying under the radar a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're having a good, you know, playoff. You got St. Louis, who dispatched Winnipeg, which I didn't see happening. Yep. So you got two teams that probably don't belong in the second round are going at it, and that's kind of creates a fun storyline and it's two fan bases that there's people who are within the town of dallas and they're within the town of st louis their city's not really towns mm. but like 
who are very, very passionate about the team. As soon as you leave the city, nobody cares. No. You know? So it, it's interesting how you have like a tight-knit fan base that is all about it, that you know they have something to cheer about. You have... You know, last night you had Columbus, who pulled probably the upset mm-hmm. <laughs> of, you know, the playoffs so far. And then you got Boston, who always is in there. So you have a team that is, you know, original six, you know, massive fan base. People are used to them. And then you got a team that probably shouldn't be in there, and they're trying to make some noise. Um, I think Boston's going to come out on top in the series, but I think it's going to be a good fight. Tonight's games, game one between the Hurricanes and the Islanders. That game in Brooklyn. Is it Brooklyn or Long Island? Where are they playing this series? I think it's in Brooklyn. It is at the Barclays Center. Why? <laughs> <laughs> they are they are switching this. Yeah. I, it's like just keep it in Long exactly. Island. They play it, their <laughs> they they sell it out. It's loud. You're not going to get a crowd at the Barclays. They play Center. their first round home games at Nassau and then at Barclays in round two. Like why? What, if they make it the Eastern Conference Finals, are they going to do... Do they go back, back to, to Nassau? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that game is at 7, and then Colorado takes on San Jose at 10. So those are both first-round games. You talked about the passion among you know, the cities like Dallas, St. Louis. How it's, Within you know, the city. Exactly, and it's not big outside of it, but it, those who do love those teams, they really love it. You know, they're a passionate fan base. And even amongst the other pro athletes in the city, you saw Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott were at the Stars game when they were home in their first round series with Nashville. And then last night, uh, Yadier Molina, actually a huge Blues fan, he was at the game last night, and he brought a couple of his Cardinals teammates, Dexter Fowler and Michael Waka, took in the game and with them. The Titans and the Predators get really into yeah. it. I mean, it's uh, it's... It's playoff hockey is something that you just can get behind. It's mm-hmm. a different thing, you know, compared to other sports in the playoffs. You know, it's exciting. You know, the games are usually close. You got a lot of overtime ones, as we saw in the previous round. It's uh, and the other teams get behind it. Like in St. Louis, I you know I lived in um, wrote for a paper in Southern Illinois, is an hour and a half away from St. Louis, and St. Louis loves the Blues. You leave the city, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. But like within St. Louis, people get really behind it, and uh, that's fun to see. And uh, San Jose, that's their team. Yep. The Sharks are their only team. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's Bay Area fans, but the San Jose, that's their that's their one team that they have. And then you have Colorado, which you know there's tons of teams in Denver. Um, and then you got what's left over. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, Carolina has a rabid fan base within the city of Raleigh. Yeah. <laughs> After that, I mean, there's some fans in Charlotte, but like, I mean, people forget that that's where the Hurricanes play. Yeah. In Raleigh, not Charlotte, in Raleigh, North Carolina. Last night, a couple of pretty good ones that both ended in 3-2 final scores to start the second round of the playoffs. Boston took down Columbus 3-2 in overtime. Charlie Coyle, a couple of goals to lead Boston. It was a midseason acquisition in the trade for Ryan Donato with Minnesota. And then Dallas scored late on the power play with under three minutes to go, but it was too little too late. St. Louis won that one 3-2, so... If it's any indication, round two is going to be another good one. And I tell you what, despite the ratings grabbers like we talked about earlier, you know, the big storylines we thought would be making deep runs, despite that, hockey playoffs actually have their highest ratings in 25 years. It's interesting. It is. And then you have the second round, there's still some interesting stuff going on. I mean, Boston's like probably the biggest 
fan base, maybe mm-hmm. nationally available. So now it's like, can they be the, the banner holder for the traditional teams and be the one that sticks around the longest? And then there's the fun part of Columbus, who, again, in Columbus, there's Blue Jackets fans. Usually leave that area. There's not. Um, you know, can Columbus keep their hot streak going? And then the Hurricanes, Islanders, I don't. I think it could be a very competitive series. Depends mm-hmm. on what Hurricanes team shows up. The one that put up a fight against the Capitals, or the one that they go back to the "we're happy to be here" kind of mode. Um, I think uh, the Islanders are the more talented team, so they should be the favorites. But uh, it's hard to. There's no team that jumps out at you and you think this team's going to win the cup. You know, and. That I, that's fun in its own way. I, I like not knowing who's going to end up hoisting the cup at the end. No Canadian-based teams are again, left again. Again, they're all 93 shut out. 93 was the last year. 26 years. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think it would get that far? 26 years since the Canadian team hoisted the cup. And they've and they've come close. You know, Ottawa was in that that one year. Van- Calgary was Vancouver in it that year. Vancouver in, was in it. 2011 against Boston. Calgary should have won it against Tampa Bay in 04. Yep. And then you have the Ducks in Ottawa in 07. I just, you know, they've been there. It's just they Doesn't can't bother me. To, yeah, they can't seem to. I hope they win it. I don't. it's like there's, some, there's so much passion about there. Yeah, and it's, but who cares? It is, it's, it's wrong in a way that they haven't won it, considering that it's their game and how much they embrace it. It's not their game. Don't let them tell you that. Well, I mean, outside of a certain, like, American cities, do any really truly embrace hockey? You know, it's Canada that... That's like their marketing standpoint. Do you think they're paying attention anymore up there? Oh, they do. They're, I mean... They love hockey so much, they'll keep watching it. Mm-hmm. But I think it loses its luster a little bit. Too early bit. to turn to the CFL? <laughs> hey, the CFL is an entertaining game. I'm not man. saying it's not. <laughs> um, but uh, the CBC kind of... I, I watch the CBC and, and NBC Sports. If you get the CBC, it's a fun broadcast to listen to because they get so passionate behind it. And mm-hmm. all the commercials are virtually devoted to hockey. Um, and so... but. Their passion dips just slightly when the Canadian teams aren't in it. But the ratings are still high because Canada loves hockey that much. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. We owe you our last time out. Friday Funnies to finish off the week next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. The weekend is so close, we can taste it. We are just about set to jump right into it. We do it the same way we always do with the Friday Funnies. Uh, We'll start off with uh, Quinn Williams, which uh, (laughs) I, I told you about, who has been described as the greatest power move on Twitter, who sneezed. In an interview with Deion Sanders, blessed himself and thanked himself before continuing in the interview. Um, that, that shows confidence. Maybe if, it was anticipating someone would say thank yeah, you yeah. or bless you. Excuse yeah, me. and just kind of went along with it and assumed it would happen. And then he thanked himself <laughs> after sneezing. So there you go. I uh, I like the passion. Yep. I like the confidence that uh, you sneeze and you're proud of it. And you thank yourself for it. So, um, we talked about Jones earlier from Duke. Uh, the reaction from Giants fans when that mm-hmm. happened was just too priceless because mm-hmm. there's so many. It's usually a Jets fan response where the anger comes out and you're, you know, the surrender cobra pose comes out and you're just shaking your head and wondering what's wrong with your franchise. That was my highlight of the night. It just, it was fun to watch. Not like as I hate the Giants because there's always that one team that just is 
so frustrating. I know. <laughs> After the first round of the draft. So. See the Jets try to troll the Giants before the draft? Yeah. They had that picture of Sam Darnold or the shirts that had a picture of Darnold and said, thank you, Giants. They, they do that like they act like Darnold is good. Yeah. <laughs> or like the Jets have something to brag about. I know. The Giants <laughs> actually had a better record than New York, than the Jets last year, and they had the Offensive Rookie of the Year. They have a player who's actually going to last in the NFL. So. Yeah. Weird thing I don't to get brag control, about. Yeah. But yeah. That's all the Jets have going for mm. themselves. You have Brad Marchand. We talked about the Bruins, who continues his antics in the playoffs. Last year was licking people. Mm. And uh, now he decided to stomp on Cam Atkinson's stick in the face-off in overtime. Um, and he cu- they caught it in time, and Atkinson was able to go back to the bench to get a new stick and was just like... In the postgame interview, he was like, I don't get this guy, and I don't get this guy either. I mean, he throws cheap shots. Um, he fights people for celebrating too hard against him. He licked people through the playoffs last year for no reason other than to, be a, weird ge- guy. Other than to be a jerk. And uh, I don't know. It's like, if you hate Boston, he's like the centerpiece of why you should hate the Bruins. And just another one of Boston athletes that you just can't stand. He's locked up for about seven more years, too. Yeah. I was hoping he wouldn't sign that and Pittsburgh would go after him last year before he signed that. Because so you watching, can embrace a guy who licks people. <laughs> well, because watching him in the World Cup a few years ago, yeah. he looks like the ultimate line mate with Crosby. Him and Bergeron with Crosby on the same line of the World Cup, that was unstoppable. I could see it. Yeah. Um, Steve Kerr mm. uh, is apparently not happy with Draymond Green, who uh, Steve Kerr's talking with the media. Um He's doing his interviews, and the music is way too loud. Tries to get one of their PR guys to go turn it down. Um, people are thinking it was Nipsey Hussle playing in the background. It's hard to tell. But uh, he asked it to go turn down twice. And the guy comes back and said, Draymond Green wants it loud. And Steve Kerr just rolls his eyes and goes, okay, hope you guys enjoy the music. And it's just like... It's such a different story in the NBA. Like in college, remember Ed Origin losing his mind in that press conference because the players behind him were making too much noise? Mm -hmm. And then in the NBA, you're just like, whatever, Draymond wants loud music, I don't care. And it's like, and this shows how dislikable Draymond Green is. I know. Yeah, I mean, he's just, he's kicking people in the groin, and now he's just, I want music loud, so everybody has to suffer through it. Nothing wrong with Nipsey Hussle. Right. But I mean, it's just like... Come on, dude. Right. Um, I talked about this. Um, Red's announcer decides that to throw a little minor racism into mm. his uh, into his broadcast. Um, you know, Ozzy Abias um, uh, didn't sign that contract, and uh, Chris Wells implied that he didn't know the difference between thirty-five million dollars and eighty-five million dollars. Ouch. Um, from, he's from Curaca- from Curacao, mm-hmm. um, so maybe a little... Uh, That's not cool. Yeah, not a cool thing to play uh, the there. The Reds need to do something Implying about that. some uh, that he's maybe too poor and uneducated to know mm-hmm. money differences, which is funny because the guy can speak four languages. Right. So maybe slight little racism thrown in there. I'm sure uh, he will at least be talked to or yeah, reprimanded about over that. Yeah. yeah. There's Reese Hoskins from the Phillies who apparently decided to troll them with a very leisurely home run shot. <laughs> Guy goes yard um, of Jacob, Jacob Rame and uh, begins this very slow 
trot around the bases, you know, something that Rick, Victor Martinez would do. Yeah. But his was not intentional. No. It just was his age and injuries were kind of catching up to him. But made it around in very slow time. Um, he had thrown behind him. Mm-hmm. I ran the night before, and they thought that this was revenge. And it goes back to baseball's stupid, unwritten rules that don't make any sense to me. And I give kudos to Raym after the end of the game for saying, well, it's on me. Because if I had pitched better, you know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gotten a home run. So many pitchers whine after they're done and just be like, he missed mean to me. My feelings are hurt. Where he's just like, well, if I had pitched better, <laughs> I wouldn't have to deal with it. So I, I give him credit for, like, not being the whiny pitcher that usually you see mm-hmm. after something like that. But, again, baseball's stupidity continues. <laughs> um, and it's so bad because I, I love baseball. I like watching baseball, but it's just, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, some guy tweeted out that the Warrior fans always make excuses for Steph Curry disappearing in big games, and he used (laughs) the video from My Girl where Thomas J is in the coffin and Anna Chumley sobbing over it and trying to... It was such a terrible video to post, (laughs) but... um, yeah, it was an interesting way oh to describe gosh. that. It was a little dark, I would say, but uh, there's a funny for you. Some guy apparently not reading the audience very well. And um, since it looks like we have time for maybe one yeah, more, go for it. I'll skip this one guy. First, uh, Venezuelan soccer player, weak penalty kick, <laughs> kicked it right to the goalie. The yeah. goalie's diving to the right, <laughs> and the ball like goes right to him as he's diving and he catches it and the guy gets cut like immediately after he that went happened. to the locker room and they just told him to leave yeah got his contract you're done because you were that inept on a penalty kick that hurts but <laughs> it is overseas soccer they take it seriously i was doing northwoods league baseball this summer and it there's this kid that's playing third base for a, the opponent and they're in town for a two-game series from lacrosse wisconsin i was in duluth at the time and in his his game starting at third base, he goes 0 for 3 with two strikeouts and an error at third base. Then he gets cut while they're Oof. in town for a two-game series. Gets cut between games. Like, Oof. we're doing our prep, myself and the other broadcast team. We're like, uh, this guy got cut, and they're on the road. Like, did Ouch. they just not let him back on the bus? No. Let you go. You're not on the <laughs> bus anymore. I'll get this one last one in. Third base coaches are always funny because they tend to misjudge on if a guy can score properly. Happened mm-hmm. in the Phillies-Mets game, another drama that comes out yeah. of that series. But guy hits a liner to left, guy's on second base. <laughs> Does DeWaltham is the third base coach, waves around the guy on a, on a liner, not like a double off the wall. He waves around the guy on a line shot. He gets thrown out by probably a good... 12, 13 steps, <laughs> and it just goes back to the whole, how are a third base coach do get so enthusiastic that you can't gauge that he's going to be thrown out, and I just, third base coaches are fun to watch because they're usually wrong. And it doesn't sound like he's going to be keeping his job very No, long. no, uh, probably, uh, I don't know about fired, but... Uh, mm. Probably have a, short, part ways. Uh, yeah, a, sh- a shorter list on that guy, a shorter leash saying no. Make sure that it's in the gap before you send someone home.
That's it for us in the sports pen. Appreciate you tuning in as always. Um, Avengers Endgame. I haven't seen it yet, and I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. I'm not cut up anyway. I hear a bunch of people are going to die in Game of Thrones on Sunday. I, I don't watch that Probably either. a bunch of people dying in Endgame. I I'm haven't seen it either, yeah, but sure I think that... you can probably make that uh, <laughs> prediction. How many more, or who's going to die in more in what movie? How many deaths are going to be in either one? Between the, I don't know. I don't watch either of them. I watch. I, I'm. A, I, I'm going to be an Endgame. I. I don't watch Game of Thrones as much because I don't have an HBO subscription. Uh, but uh, I'm. Real, I, I love watching when I can. So. Well, either way, you got that to look forward to. And Arbor Day. The rest of the draft. Arbor Day. <laughs> hugging Australian if you haven't already. Uh, anything you want to plug at the Mining Journal before we sign off? Uh, just my column on the drafts coming out Sunday, and I got a feature story coming out on Sunday about the Hubner sisters. So if you right. like that, that's it for us once again. For Ryan Stieg, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening to Sports Pen and ESPN UP.